0: Welcome to Greatness, where the world's leading thinkers share their ideas about how to create greatness. Great leaders, great teams, and great organizations. Why be good when you can be great? This is Gretchen Gagel, and I'm so thrilled to welcome Rhiannon Hines, author, intuitive energy healer, and founder of the Intuitive Rebirth Energy Work Method, to the Greatness Podcast. Welcome, Rhiannon.
1: Uh, thank you, Gretchen. It's so awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I was
0: talking to Rhiannon about before we started recording about um, what one of the things I really love about having a podcast, and it's really to speak with people that are passionate about what they do. And I was I was connected to Rhiannon, and, and we're both sitting in Australia, which is awesome that we're actually both in the same country. Right? Different different coasts. Um, I spend a lot of time working in the construction industry, and we have the highest suicide rate of any industry in both the countries that I work in, America and Australia, and are just becoming more present to the fact that we have really challenging well being issues. And so when I read about your book and your work, I was really excited to have you on the podcast. Before we get into your work and the book, I love to start with a question. What in your life journey brought you here to what you're passionate about? What What is it that happened in your life that you said, I'm going to be passionate about helping people live these incredibly um, healthy lives?
1: Mm. Well, the simple answer to that question is literally absolutely everything that has ever happened to me has brought me to this moment in a strange and crazy (laughs) series of synchronistic events that have just added one on top of the other. But I suppose when I dial it right back to when I was about 22, I was really at like a tipping point in my life. And when you say that, you know, there's so many mental health issues in construction, like I was in a very corporate job at a very young age and I was deeply, deeply depressed. And the sad thing about that was that I was ticking all the boxes of success that I ever thought that I could tick and I felt unfulfilled. And the strange thing about that was I didn't know, I thought there must be something wrong with me if I'm feeling unfulfilled because I was fulfilling all of the boxes that I was supposed to be ticking. You know, I had the house and a job and a fiance and I felt deeply depressed. I suppose in that moment, I sort of started to tap into my spiritual self And at that moment, it was very simple. I started to do like yoga and I started to meditate a little bit. And what was really happening was I was starting to tap into my intuition and I started to see signs all around me like sparkling, sparkling like beacons telling me what way to go. And a job opportunity sparkled out to me. And this job opportunity was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen like terrifying to my core because it was the opportunity to be a lecturer in remedial massage, which I was qualified in and didn't feel very good at. Um, But I went for that job and I got it. And what that did for me was it clicked into my mind the importance of doing what excited me, following those sparkly signs that are all around us, especially when they terrify us to the core. And after that moment, I started to do that in every opportunity. And I got excited when I started to feel terrified because I knew that beyond the terrified excitement laid like a huge expansion where I would experience a more beautiful life. And as I started to live like that, like rapidly, more and more rapidly and more intensely, I started to write about it. I started to teach about it. And then yeah, it's been like a really incredible upward spiral, I suppose, ever since that moment. Mm,
0: That's such an amazing story. And this is, this is why I love meeting people, because when we're young, we're funneled into this uh, kind of one size fits all of what success, how how society defines success for us. And it's, the The most important thing is that you're doing something they really enjoy and that you love doing, not the, not the corporate track or what, I mean, it took me a while to get this. I'm I'm speaking from 40 years of experience here, but um, my friend, Steve Farber says, do what you love to do for those who love what you do. Right. It seems like a, a really simple concept, but it can have a lot of um, paybacks. So y- you've written a book Um that the keepers of the light codes tell our audience a, a little bit about that. What what? Wouldn't, I, I've written a book. It's hard to write a book. It, it's not the easy. Maybe it was completely easy for you, but it's it takes a lot of hard work. What inspired you to write this book at this time?
1: Um. Yeah. So it is hard having to show up and consistently just keep writing. But for me, I had a little cheat way, which was that I'm a very clear, I'm a very clear like channel in that I hear a very strong line of communication. So I didn't have to think about what to write. So it was quite easy in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, so what inspired me to write the book was being very specifically told that I needed to write it and then starting to do it day after day. And the message in the book is so simple. And yet it is so mind-blowing because we are all trying so hard as human beings to be the best version of ourselves, to try harder, to learn more, to grow more, to heal more. And the more we try and be another version of ourselves, the less we accept the wholeness that we are right now. So the book is like a series of lessons and initiations to help all of us, including me as I wrote it. To remember the absolute perfection that we are in this exact moment, and that the only thing that is stopping us from experiencing that perception um, that perfection is our perception that we are imperfect.
0: Mm. What it uh, you're right, it's a very simple and very complicated message that um, those stories we tell in our heads that we're not enough or we're not worthy or not doing the right thing or not measuring up to other people or whatever those things are
1: exactly and
0: and what does that path to enlightenment look like for you
1: it looks like literally the forgetting that there is a path so the path right creates a future version of yourself distant and separate from the current version of yourself. So if you forget that there's a path and you realize that every aspect of you is accessible now. So if you think about the moments in your life, and we've all experienced these moments, where there's like a wave of wisdom that comes over you and you're saying something and it's like, gosh, I don't know where that came from. Or you're, say, you're Um, You're painting or you're writing music and or you're doing your creative expression and something just pours out of you And you don't know where that's coming from So it's not like in those moments you had to learn to be a better artist to paint a better picture you didn't have to learn how to um, Write better songs to produce beautiful music all of a sudden in an instant You are open to the energy that you were that magnificent at what you do so what we can do consciously with our minds firstly but then secondly with our energy and our bodies is start to see ourselves as perfect start to see ourselves as brilliant as masters of what we do because if you show up in life as a master right you just have to start faking it until you're making it make it for a little while right until your body and your energy catches up with your ideas if you start acting as a master and you start um going through each day as a master then all of a sudden the world starts to receive you in your mastery and your impact on the world just increases to no end
0: so i I, I'm a listener out there, and I'm going. Okay, great, awesome. How, how do I do that? <laughs> how do how do I accept and embrace myself as the master? What's the what first steps do you take?
1: Okay, great. So it's really easy. We have these minds that are our projectors of our reality, right? So I want all your listeners that are listening. I want them to imagine. I want you to imagine yourself living your best life, like a life that is right now seems your wildest dreams. You're doing a job that is just like you in your deepest passion and you are so good at it. Like you've got this ease and this confidence and this grace about you as you move through your day. So I want you to imagine that person. And as you see that version of you, start to feel that version of you. Breathe into your body and feel what it is to be that person. And that's how you attune to that energy, right? You do it like as a meditation for a while. And then you have to start to consciously do it. When you're talking yourself down, thinking I'm not good enough, I'm going to recorrect myself now and I'm going to breathe into my body and remember that energy of that vision. And this takes conscious practice. But it is just a rewiring of how we perceive ourselves because anything that you can imagine is 100% obtainable, especially if you're imagining it for yourself. So it's just about increasing our capacity to hold our brilliance and learning how that brilliance feels through our visualization and our connection to the energy.
0: Mm. You know, you you bring up meditation. That's something that... um gosh, I, I do it for a while, and then I fall off the bandwagon, and then I get back on it again. And I, I know intuitively that it's really important for me. But I think um, finding a routine about this in our busy lives is part of what makes it difficult. What tips do you have for people out there that are just so busy that they're not carving the time out to be present to these thoughts and feelings?
1: My answer to that is probably different to most people's answer, and that's that we have so many pressures that we place on ourselves, that we're going to eat this for breakfast and this for lunch, and then we're going to go for a run, and then we're going to meditate at this time, and then we're going to read a book, and we're going to be so perfect during our day, and we're always going to fall short of that crazy expectation, and then we're always going to feel deflated, I'm not good enough, Right? But what about if the greatest meditation practice that you could ever do is have complete compassion for whatever you truly want to do on any given moment? Okay, so let's say you plan to meditate every evening at seven, but then that night you're just like, I just want to have a bath and I just want to have a cup of tea in my bath and that's it. So you do that because you honor yourself in that. You haven't fallen short. If anything, you've had a victory of listening to what you need to do. Mm. So rather than creating meditation as like yet another benchmark for for who we need to be and the expectations we place on ourselves, allow your spiritual practice to be your fuel for self-love. So if you don't want to meditate, lay on the couch and close your eyes and just See if you can feel your body as you breathe. If you don't want to meditate, maybe that's because you want to go for a walk in nature and connect with the trees and feel your surroundings in that way. It's all the spiritual practice. As long as you're coming back to presence, any time you're putting an expectation on yourself and beating yourself up because you fall short, it's not an act of self-love. So it's actually counterproductive.
0: Mm. That is some of the best advice I have heard, and we do. I, I am the time blocker. When you look at my calendar, I am 7 o'clock, I mean today till 9 o'clock at night, there's every little piece of it has got some little thing on it about what I'm supposed to be doing, and it's so funny that we're having this conversation because this is a little bit of a slow time for me of the year. And yesterday I said to my husband, I said, you know, I don't feel like doing anything on my to do list, so I'm not going to. And I'm going to do some things, but they're not on my to do list. And but this is what I have the mental capacity to do today. And I literally said those words out loud, and I'm going to be okay with that. And I'm going to have a good day.
1: Yes, I love that. That's like the ultimate act of self love. And if your diary said meditate and it was like, I really can't be bothered right now. I've had such a busy day Then, fair enough. Yeah, (laughs) it's awesome.
0: You mentioned intuition to me. How does intuition play into this whole
1: thing? Intuition is you honoring your truth in any given moment. So like yesterday when you said to your husband, I'm going to do X, Y and Z because this is what is my truth. That was like a decision, an external decision that was completely in alignment with your body and your heart. And our intuition is always speaking to us like this. And if we learn how to act on this all the time, we start making better decisions for our health, for our um, generation of abundance, for our uh, um, alignment to our, our soul work. So it just, Starts by listening to the subtle cues. So like what you practiced yesterday, Gretchen, is the perfect example of a subtle cue because we're constantly being guided. And if we can honor those inner nudges for the smaller things, we get better at hearing them for the bigger things. Mm. And I always like to say, like, keep it it simple. Like one way that, that women are really good at listening to their intuition is deciding what to wear in the morning. You know, when it's like, what do I feel like wearing? And you you really feel like wearing this particular dress, and you do, and you put it on, it feels good. And when you don't wear what you feel like wearing, you know, it's it's something not quite right. Like that's an act of following our intuition. Or say you religiously have a coffee every morning like me, and then some morning you wake up and it's like, oh, I really just feel like I shouldn't have a coffee and then you make the coffee because you're such an addict and it's such a habit and then you feel sick and then it's like I really didn't honor what I knew I needed to do so these are the subtle voices of our intuition and when we don't listen what happens is these nudges get bigger and bigger and bigger so rather than just feeling uncomfortable in your clothes feeling sick after your coffee you shouldn't have drunk it ends up being shaking, sitting at your desk, trembling with anxiety because you don't know what to do with your life. When we learn to listen for the small things, we don't end up in the positions that are so cripplingly out of alignment for the big things.
0: Mm, I was just going to ask that. You, you literally read my mind because when you were thinking about, when you were talking about f- deciding what to wear and feeling good about that, what about the people who are there where nothing that they're going to pull out of their closet is going to make them feel good that day that they've gotten to this crippling whatever stage how do you how do you start to get yourself out of that
1: I'm just referring back to my 22 year old self right who was making decisions completely against everything that my body was directing me to in fact I had no concept that my body was even trying to help me. I thought that everything was working against me. And when my suffering became unmanageable because my hands kept trembling and I kept having like panic attacks and kept crying, it was in that vulnerability that I asked for help. Mm. I said to something, some energy, Show me what I need to do. There must be more to life than this. And from that space, it was like a rush of energy was around me, lighting up pathways, doorways, opportunities to help me to break free from the prison that I had created. So when you're at your lowest of low, breathe into your heart, find some stillness, Connect to your body and connect to that energy that exists all around you, whether you call it God, source, the universe, spirit, it doesn't matter what you call it, but there is an energy that is there that supports you in your experience of a beautiful life. So tap into that energy, connect to it, start to do some guided meditations on YouTube or something like that to calm your nervous system enough for you to ask for help. And then you have to notice, look for the signs and take the opportunities. Take them when they come and you'll know that there are the opportunities because they will sparkle. There'll be something different about them, something challenging, something that excites your nervous system.
0: This whole thing about asking for help. I was at, um, I belong to a group called the International Women's Forum there are 7,000 of us around the world. And I, I sit on the board here in Australia and we were having a dinner. Oh my gosh, it's been within the last two or three months. And I started talking to a woman next to me and, and mentioned that I had hired Edgar Schein as my coach this year. And um, people who know Edgar Schein know him very well and are, oh my gosh, how'd you get Edgar, Edgar Schein to be your coach? And he's written, you know, he's at MIT, he's written lots of books and very well steeped in leadership and org culture and lots of different things and he's brilliant i found him during my phd and and um but but the conversation turned to how did you know you needed help and why did you reach out to edgar and i had gone on a on a bit of a spiritual retreat for 12 days in a little fishing village called bermagui last january so 10 months ago trying to figure out how to declutter my life a little bit um and declutter might not be the right word but but just choices about what I do and don't do. And and because he was an author and and a consultant and teaching and doing a lot of the same things I do, I reached out to Edgar. But then we had this broader conversation, and there was a, a person at the table who said, and the the question was, how do you know when to ask for help? And I asked for help a lot. I mean, I've had an emotional intelligence coach. I'm, and one of the people at the table said, and they were probably 60, 65 said I've never asked for help mm-hmm. and I thought how do you get to that age and not ask for help I think it's such a gift that we give ourselves is mm-hmm. that ability to ask for help what do you, what are your thoughts on that
1: I think it's so important in everything that we do and something that comes to my mind especially is like in motherhood <laughs> in business the more we can, this comes back to honoring our intuition, right? What do we need? It's like, gosh, I just need a day off. I need to have a nanny for one day a week or I need to have a business coach or I need to outsource my admin work or whatever it is. But we have such a desire to often to prove to ourselves and the people around us how capable we are that we end up kind of, only hurting ourselves and proving nothing it's so important
0: it is and it's interesting i when i did my phd i created team gretchen in fact i was going to have t-shirts printed up of all the people even my husband just cooking brain food for me and driving me to and from class every other saturday for three years um and a good friend of mine Cheryl campbell calls it her personal advisory board whatever that is that network of people that Support you in achieving your success and knowing knowing when to raise your hand and ask for help. I, I, I literally, we could talk about this for hours and hours. And and you're probably not aware that I wrote a book called The Eight Steps to Being a Great Working Mom. And I have a TEDx talk about it. I don't talk about it a lot. It was something I needed to get off my chest. And I, what I wanted to call it was make the choice that works for you and tell everybody to take a flying leap, like yeah. just. Don't let societal pressures dictate what you should or shouldn't do, which kind of circles circles back to how we started this. I want to make sure people can find you and your book, Rhiannon Hines, The Keepers of the Light Codes, and I love the title. Tell us about the title. What does that What does that signify?
1: Again, it was just really just dropped dropped into me like without really trying. the The keeper the keepers of the light codes. So the light codes are these. Um, divine lessons for wisdom that helps us to live our most glorious life and for us to be keepers of the light codes we just need to infuse ourselves with and remember this wisdom because we are here to we each and every one of us is here to experience magnificence and it's just a matter of aligning ourselves to the energy that supports us in obtaining that. So that is what that book is. We are the keepers of the light codes if we open to receive that wisdom and that support.
0: Mm. and I'm so grateful to you for coming on the Greatness Podcast and sharing that wisdom with us. It's interesting. The older I get, the the, the less I think I know and the more I have to learn and um really really excited that we were connected to one another best of luck with the book i know it's going to be highly successful and our listeners any any last piece of advice for them out there before we sign off if i'm you know obviously they need to read your book that's the number one thing that they need to do but but any other last piece of advice for our listeners
1: just to just to allow themselves to feel and see what they would love to experience in their life, in their greatest dreams. And to understand that that dream isn't a dream, it's a vision that has been seeded into them for that they can actually manifest into reality if they allow themselves to believe that that is their potential. So with that, it's like, yeah, I just would invite your audience to open to understand how brilliant they are, how capable they are, how supported they are, and that they just have to remember their remember their magnificence as often as they can.
0: Right. Rhiannon, I'm, I'm confident this is not the only time our paths will cross. And again, thank you so much for joining the Greatness Podcast today.
1: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Interested in hearing more? Visit us at greatnessconsulting.com. Thank you.